So welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. And today I'm really, really excited. I got a guest and we're going to have a really fun and juicy and real and raw and honest conversation about <laughs> what it's like to be a pro-dominatrix and how it affects the rest of our lives. And um, so a little bit of content warning. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Tickle.life. <laughs> Second of all, content warning. We're going to get explicit. I'm pretty sure if you spend any time with me, I will swear. Um, so swearing <laughs> is guaranteed. And who knows what kind of kinks we might end up talking about. So if you are like, oh my God, um, listen to my shame one earlier today. <laughs> I did. That'll help you deal with that. Okay. <laughs> and remember, take care of yourself. Do whatever it is you need to do for yourself. All right. So I'm going to have my guest, my delightful guest, introduce herself um, in whatever capacity she wants to introduce herself. So the floor is yours, my dear. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, so I, I go by many names <laughs> uh, since we're going to be talking about um, the, uh, the pro-dom aspect. I used to go by Mistress Benisha, which was my pro-dom name. Uh, I've now come back to uh, myself, which is Veronica. Um, and I've had other names in between, uh, in between that, but um, let's call me V for today. All right, V it is, V it is. <laughs> and uh, for, you know, talking about names, I, you know, we, I go by a couple of different names too. I have Empress Gaia, Mistress Gaia, I got Gaia, you know, so, you know, mm -hmm. you can call me, uh, let's just make it simple. Just, we'll just do initials today. G. All right. You're V, I'm G. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Easy breezy. Easy breezy. Okay, so um, all of our listeners uh, that are listening live on Facebook right now, um, I will be bouncing back and forth. Sometimes um, I get so enthralled in the conversation that I'm having with my co-host that I forget to check in with you guys. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that in advance, but I promise before we sign out, I will make sure I check to see if there's any questions, any comments, anything that you want to know further about. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's get this rolling. So let's start about, tell us a little story about you being a pro dom because you're not a pro dom anymore, right? No, I've retired. So when, uh, tell me about, uh, us about your journey before you retired. Okay. Um, so it started as a fetish model. Um, I was modeling, got bored of that kind of stuff, moved into fetish modeling. And at that point, I had no idea what fetish, what BDSM was. Um, I, I learned about it in that um, domain, if I want to say. And um, and got really curious about it. And I was like, oh, this is fun, you know. And it, it's like, it's, it's a rabbit hole. You know, once you start, it's like, ooh, there's this, and ooh, there's that, and it just, like, keeps going. So I got really intrigued by it, and um, and then my agent um, had this different gig, and he said, well, you know, there's this this Dom movie, a Dominatrix movie um, that, um, that you know, you, you'd be great for, and I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, like, what, what is that? Um, so he's like, well, here's a video, have a look at it. So I watched it, and I was like, okay, well, you know, basically, I have to be a bitch, um, I can do that. <laughs> um, cause that's what you think, right? When you don't know, I mean, you look yeah. at it and you're like, okay, I gotta be a bitch. I gotta be mean to this dude. Um, yeah, okay. I could do that. And, and, and it was timed perfectly with me quitting smoking. So as you know, like bitch power, you know, to the max. Um, so, um, so I, I, I took the gig and I showed up and it was my first time, you know, ever doing that. So the, he explained it to me and then the sub came and, and of course that the, the sub actor is a real sub. Um, and so he came and he was like, okay, so there's going to be this point, you know, where you have to slap me and like 
do it for real. Like, don't pretend like really slap me, you know? And I was like, you want to slap you? I'm like, okay. So I saw, you know, I give him like a tap on the, on the face and he's like, no, 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 like slap me. And I was like, you want me to slap you like really hard? He's like, yes, like do it really hard as if you're upset, you know? And I'm like, okay. And I just like, freaking slap him really hard and he's like and I felt immediately I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like I feel so bad you know and he was like that was great he's like that was so good (laughs) he's like do it like that and I was like are you kidding me I feel horrible he's like no he's like understand like I like that like I get off on that and it was just such a like I just couldn't wrap my head yeah such a fuck I couldn't wrap my head around it I was like you like that like someone would do that to me I would murder you like you do not slap me in the face it is the most insulting disrespectful thing someone can do to me you know and then this guy's like his eyes just lit up you know so I was like okay so we get through the movie and you know foot fetish and a little bit of spanking and then this moment where he does something wrong and I just like like even harder than when we practiced, you know, I just like, I was in my roles. So I was just like, all right. And I just went and I just like wailed him right across the face. And he just came back and he had the smile on his face and everyone was just like, wow, you know, and, and, and it was just so weird to me. And after the movie, uh, I remember the director kind of like arguing with my agent being like, you told me it was her first time, you know, like I, I, because they pay a bonus or whatever for, for the first time, because we're kind of awkward, you know, and there was no awkwardness in me. I just like, I nailed it in a sense, you know? And, and, um, and I remember hearing him arguing with my agent. He said it was her first time. And I was like, dude, this is my first time. I've never done this in my life. And he's like, well, he's like, lady, you're a natural, like you should do this, you know, for a career. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, be, be an actress, like a dominatrix actress. He's like, no, be a pro dom. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't even know, you know, that's how like new in the scene I was. So, so when I heard about this pro dom thing, I was like, tell me more. So I went and I started researching and this is when I was living in New York. Um, and then a couple of months after that, I came back to Montreal. And the first thing I did was look for a pro dom. And, um, and I, I found a few that were a bit sketchy and a bit along the more like prostitution line, you know, and, uh, and I was like, no, I want someone who's like, who knows their shit, who's really into this. And, and thankfully I found, uh, Queen Ida, who was a, uh, well, still is a transsexual, um, dominatrix who had a dungeon for, I think she had at that point for about eight years and um, just a really beautiful, nice dungeon with different themed rooms. Um, she came highly recommended and was super professional. And uh, she took me under her, uh, under her wing and uh, was my mentor for two years. And I mean, she gave me books to read. She gave me homework. Like it was like a real training, you know? And I'm so, so, so grateful that I, that I was able to meet someone who brought me into the scene um, in a good way with education, you know, being careful not to hit the kidneys and, and like all the things she gave me anatomy courses. And that's okay. So I need to stop. I just, I just need to stop (laughs) for a second. Okay. First of all, that's fucking amazing because so many people in the BDSM industry are not trained do not practice safely, do not know anatomy, do all sorts of harm to themselves and to the, the people, their clients. And so yeah. the fact that you were like taken under this woman's wing and that she trained you and she gave you all of that. And it's really important, like everybody who's listening that might think about A, hiring a dom or B, somebody who's looking to become a pro dominatrix, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that that person is trained well, or do your homework, or do your fucking homework. Otherwise mm-hmm. you can do some serious, serious damage. So Absolutely. I just, I just had to weigh in there. I'm like, right yeah. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's why, like, I, I was so grateful for her, you know, and that's what I was looking for. Like someone that was, you know, that, that knew their stuff and she really did. And I'm, I'm so grateful for all, all the knowledge that she gave me the books and, and I worked with her. I we were always in a duo um, for two years, you know, mm-hmm. we, every session that we did, I was with her and I was her assistant and I was never a switch, you know, she never, she never, that's another thing too. Like beware of someone who's like, okay, you want to come in? Well, you got to be a switch. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm not interested in, and, and I, so there's this thing, there's being a switch and there's trying the things that you do. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So I tried the things that I did so that I could understand the feeling of it. You know, I was spanked. I was flogged. I got tied up. Um, um, 
trying to think what else. She tried to mummify me, but there was no way in hell that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm claustrophobic, you know? Yeah. So for me, t ropes, I don't like. It's not something that I'm into. I don't like being tied up. Um, the spanking, I've never really been into, into the pain, but I could appreciate um, the, the intense play, the role play, the energy play, the energy exchange um, of it. And, and, and I think that that's important, you know? If you're going to spank someone, get spanked. You don't have to do it yeah. as a sub or as a bottom, but understand what it feels like so that when you're doing it to someone, you're not just going out and wailing on them and thinking like, oh, this is what it's about. It's yeah. not, you know? Um, and, and warm-ups was just such a, such an important part of play, you know, it was like proper warm-up and it's not just warming up the body, it's warming up the mind. Mm -hmm. like, that's the most important thing is you want to get that person in that right psychological level to be open, to be enthralled, to be excited and to just have that energy that's starting to build up. And then you can start doing the percussion play, you know, yeah. and, and bring it into the body. And, um, and just for all of our listeners who are like, oh, there's some terms there. So percussion play and impact play, we're talking about anything that's hitting someone, just so you're aware of what we're talking about there. Okay. Yeah. Spanking, flogging, painting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whipping. Whipping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> okay. So, so how long were you a pro dumb? Um, so I worked, I worked under her for two years and then, um, and then I, I was working with her for a year. That place, uh, the landlord ended up kicking us out. Um, and, um, and then we opened up a place together because she was devastated. And I was like, you know what, let's be partners. Like I'll come in, I'll invest the money and we'll open up this new dungeon. So that's what we did. We found a new place and it was a beauty salon. So we completely 100% renovated. We tore rollers down, put walls back up. I had never done that in my life. Um, so I built this dungeon with my hands. We did that for about eight months. Um, and then we reopened and three months later she retired. <laughs> and uh, left me at this time I'm uh, about 22 years old have no idea how to run a business um, and she left me with this business and um, and I had that place I had the uh, CMF is what it was called Club Montreal Fetish um, for six years so I was just short of 10 years um, okay. that I was a pro dom yeah so that's so in that period of time of adventuring, mm -hmm. how did it affect your life? Like your outside mm -hmm. life, like your friendships, your relationships, your sex life, mm -hmm. like all it of those pieces. Everything. Everything. Because I really jumped into that role. So let me just give you a little prelude to that. Um, so at about 17 years old, I was in a lineup, um, going in a store and, um, a man walked in front of me and just cut in line and, um, and I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I was like arguing with him and like, I was really upset, you know, but I didn't have the courage to say anything. I was so shy and so stuck and so, um, just I lacked confidence, you know, I was really the victim of my past of the, the physical and the verbal abuse. And, and I was still that person, you know, and I remember getting back home and just being so furious at myself for not respecting myself and not standing up for myself. And at that point I was like, this is it, this is it. Like I'm done, you know, I'm done being this, like this, this pushover. So I wrote down, I created Venetia. And I, and I wrote down, I created this name and I wrote down everything that she was, you know, she had, she was born at 17, a confident, strong woman who always stands up for herself, always respects herself, um, knows what she's doing. You know, she has, has never been hurt, um, has no past traumas, blah, 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 you know? And I just wrote this list and then I became an actress every day and I played this role. I became this person. So by the time I became Mistress Venetia, I had already been Venetia for like three years uh -huh. um, and, and then became Mistress Venetia and then it just like blew up and then I just became another level of Venetia, you know, uh -huh. who had now like a Harlem of slaves and submissives and personal subs um, who were all at my beck and calling, who were all taking care of me. I had trips. I had 
shopping. I had whatever I wanted, restaurants, whatever I wanted, I had. Um, so obviously my ego was like, <laughs> I couldn't even fit in the damn room, right? Um, for those of y'all who can't see, my arms are very widespread right now. <laughs> um, so, so I was so far detached from Veronica. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea. I didn't realize because I had such became, I'd become this, this woman, this Venetia, um, who, who was almighty and all powerful, you know, and it was, so my entire life was about that. My entire life was about this persona. So needless to say, the friends that I had, the Veronica had were no longer existent. They didn't, didn't recognize me and they were from my past. So I kind of didn't want to have anything to do with that either, you know? Yeah. Um, so I pushed away all my friends. I was very far from my mother as well. Um, we didn't, you know, we had an on and off kind of relationship that was very feisty and very difficult. Um, and, um, and, and even boyfriends, you know, I had just split up with, uh, with my long-term boyfriend, my first like big relationship soulmate. We were together for eight years and I had split up with him and, um, and I had men, you know, coming to me and it was just like, well, I'm unavailable. I'm unattainable, Uh you know, because I was just so high on this level. And, um, and then, you know, so this went on my, 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 my whole time of being a pro dom, I I wasn't really seeing anyone. I was by myself. I just, I had my, my slaves. And then when that was over, I was home and alone and and very lonely, you know, and Uh even when I was amongst my Harlem of people, um, in retrospect, I realized how lonely I was, even in those moments when I was super surrounded because I was so far away from me and really not, um, giving myself anything. I was there for, for everyone as this persona, you know, mistress of these guys, uh, um, the secretary of my place, the manager, the headmistress for the other mistresses that were working, um, with me or under me at that time, because, you know, again, I had put myself at a different level. Um, and then towards the end of, of my career as a pro dom, I had, um, someone, uh, approach me, you know, who I found interesting and who was in the fetishine as well. And he was known, um, in the fetish and he was a performer and had a very, um, well-known piercing shop. And that's how we met. I brought my slave to get, um, his, the head of his penis, uh, Prince Albert, uh, pierced so that I could tie his penis up to his balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that was so fun. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and he was so impressed, you know, by my, my, demeanor, my demeanor and, and the way that I had handled everything and everything. And, and so he started to kind of creep his way into my life and I was interested and we started dating and this was the first time I was dating as a co-dom and we would go out to the fetish parties. And for him, this was the moment that was like turn on time, you know, we get to go out to the fetish party and we get to make out and we're all decked out and our stuff. And I was like, uh, no, like that's not going to happen. When I go out to a fetish party, I'm Mistress Venetia. I'm unattainable. I'm untouchable. I can't be there with a boyfriend. Like, no. And I was like, sorry, we can kiss and make out before we go out. When I get to the club, I'm Mistress V. You're a friend. And, um, and then we can make out when we get back home. Yeah. How fucked up is that? <laughs> you know? And it was so hard on him because that was that, like I said, that was the moment that he was the mm-hmm. most looking forward to. And I, and I denied that moment for us. And, um, and it was But it makes really... perfect sense. Like from a, mm. from an industry standpoint, like, like it makes perfect sense. It's like, this is my persona, right? The mm-hmm. world is used to me and this capacity and I'm not attainable. Like I'm not human, right? I'm beyond human. I'm a goddess. I'm, I'm, goddess. I'm, 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 I'm a goddess. And so therefore you can't see me do human things like grocery shopping and exactly. having a boyfriend. <laughs> Precisely. Like goddesses Precisely. don't have boyfriends and go grocery right. shopping. Exactly. And, and also you want to keep this image of, of like, you know, you want to leave, give that thought alive of like, well, they might be able to have you. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing. You want them to think that you're attainable, even though you're really not, and they don't have a chance in the world. You want to give that illusion to them, you know, that, oh, if they're good enough, maybe they'll have you, you know? Um, so, so all of that made me, um, very unattainable and, and very, um, 
that's what I'm looking for. Like detached, mm-hmm. very detached, um, detached from my friends, detached from my lovers, detached from my family, detached from myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, in retrospect, they're, they're, despite the fact that I was doing BDSM and fetishism in a healthy way with my clients, I was doing it in a very unhealthy way with myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that caused a lot of, um, it caused a lot of damage in my sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, because for that chunk of time, I, I wasn't really sexually active. Mm-hmm. Because I was so focused on my work and, and it was a, you know, obviously BDSM and with your clients, there is that, that, that line of sexuality that you walk, right? And for me, it was, it was very important that there, there was no sex, you know, there was no prostitution, there was no hand jobs, you know what I mean? If he was a good boy, maybe he'd get to do his own happy ending. You know, yeah. but it wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't like, oh yeah, you get to do that every time. Like, no. Yeah. Um, so, so because of that, I didn't allow myself to really tap into my own sexuality because if there was a moment where I was doing something and I would get turned on, I was like, oh, that's wrong. Like I'm professional. This is not professional of me to get turned on by doing this. Mm-hmm. So I detached myself from my sexuality and my sexual desires and um, six years. It's a long time. That's a long fucking time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fuck. Like I'm thinking about it now as I'm saying it, you know, it's just like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. You know, like no wonder I, 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 I'm, I still have these blockages and I'm still working through that. You know, I'm still working through discovering my own sexuality and what it is that I like for myself. And who it is that I am in that power, you know, I'm still discovering that. So, um, yeah. So thank, well, that's beautiful. That was very beautiful share. Um, my turn. (laughs) Yes, please. I know I tend to ramble. So you got to cut me off. (laughs) Um, so it's interesting, like how I became, so I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist, right? That's my, that's my jam or I do. And um, BDSM in my own personal life was playing out in this, in this way of like the first time I spanked a girl was at like this orgy party and I freaked the fuck out. Like I was like the surge of like pure lust and electricity surged through me when I when I heard the slap and the flogger hit her ass and her, ah, you know, sound that came yeah. out of her and the surge came over me and I freaked out. Cause I was like, I can't be, I can't be a sadist. Like I can't get off on hurting somebody. Like there's no way that this is okay. Like no way this is okay. And I didn't know at the time it was because of my trauma. Like I grew up, I had a lot of sexual abuse, trauma, satanic ritual abuse, trauma. And so that piece I was so afraid that I would become like the perpetrators that abused me. And the fact that I had this sexual arousal from hurting people, I was like, ooh. So I remember hitting her, wave of electricity of arousal come over me and me screaming and throwing the flogger out of my hand. Wow. (laughs) And it was about 10 years actually it took about 10 years of me exploring on a personal level being submissive mm-hmm. it was like almost like subconsciously it was like if you can learn to be submissive then you can be safe being dominant you won't be a mm-hmm. sociopath it was like this mm-hmm. somehow in my brain it was like that's how I had figured it out mm-hmm. And so I really dropped into surrendering, letting go of control, which was very profoundly healing for me um, as a control freak. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and my nature is incredibly dominant. So to like surrender and let go and you know, all those pieces was like really powerful and learning that process. It was like, then I leaned back in to the dom side of things. And, you know, one of my partners was like, hey, you know, like, why don't you like, you know, do some CBT? I'm like, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy? <laughs> I'm like, I can do that with you. 
He's like, no, cockball torture. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I could not. I worship the penis. I love the penis. There's no way I could hit the penis. I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. And every time I would see it in porn, I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I would love the penis. Why are you hurting the penis? So it was like, it was so funny. Like, it was this funny little adventure for me. So anyway, so I eventually got over that. And he's like, he's like, hit it. And I'm like, no. He's like, hit it. <laughs> Hit it. And then he squealed. And again, that power, right? That power moved through me and the arousal of that sadist power moved through me. And I let out this like evil laugh of pure delight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, ah! <laughs> I was like, right on. Okay, come here. I did it again. And I did it again. And I did it again. And I'm like, oh, I like this. And so that was kind of my my own personal journey of like embracing the sadist side of me and the Dom side of me fully and completely on a sexual level. But in that time, I was teaching lots, right? I was facilitating and teaching and education. Um, all over the place and conferences and talks and on the holistic side, not on but, the BDSM. Side. Oh, and on the BDSM. Both. Side, okay. Right. So in the BDSM world, mm -hmm. I was also doing all of this education, right? Okay. But I wouldn't allow myself to have any, it would just be like going through the motions. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. allowed to have any arousal. Like I couldn't be mm -hmm. turned on by it. Right. Like it was just like, I'm just talking about it, teaching all that kind of stuff. Being so, a professional. Being a professional, exactly. Being a professional. Mm -hmm. And so as I was being a professional, I wasn't allowed to, you know, get off. I wasn't allowed mm -hmm. to be turned on. Like, it's not my thing, right? So fast forward, I'm in my work and BDSM is a really important part of my job because I'm doing all this education and I'm helping couples and I'm helping everybody do it safely and consensually and all the things. And one of my clients says to me, he goes to a dom. And he's like, I didn't feel safe. I didn't trust her and I didn't get what I needed. Mm. He's like, he's like, I know that you teach this and I know that you practice this in your own life and all this stuff. And he's like, would you go on this adventure with me so that I could explore this? Mm. And I was just like, and he was a client. He was a sexual wellness client of mine. And I have very firm lines, like there's no sexual activity, you know, like, like that would be breaching radical breaching of my code of professional etiquette at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we talked it through and I really trusted him and he really trusted me. And I said, okay, here are the rules. Like, and I set the parameters and I set the rules and I said, we're going to use BDSM to make sure you do your fucking homework. So he, like he originally came to see me because he had like anxiety issues, panic attacks, porn addiction. Like that's why he originally came to see me. And then, and I would give him all these great assignments to help him reprogram and he wouldn't do them. And so he would still stay stuck. And I was like, all right, here's the deal. You want me to beat you? I will beat you, but we're going to do it. Do your homework. You're going to do your fucking homework. Right. If you want, if you want me to beat me, beat you, you're going to have to do your homework. Mm -hmm. And so we started this whole thing that actually led me into the path of doing BDSM wellness coaching and supporting my clients and using basically BDSM as behavioral modification. And, and so that started that process. But what I started to find was that I was getting turned on. And this was like a very interesting experience for me. I had to really sit with, I was like, all right, like I just, I just had a little orgasm from beating my client and mm. I was working and I'm not supposed to have an orgasm while I'm working. And that's not professional and blah, 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 blah. And like going down the rabbit hole of like, what does that yeah. mean? And, and all of those pieces. Mm -hmm. And so then I really like, I was like, well, this, the pro-dom side could give me an avenue in which I could both service my clients and give myself permission to also get off and, and have protocols of like how far that line is and that it's not prostitution and that it really is about BDSM and it is about doming and, you know, there's no hand jobs and, you know, no one's fucking anybody and like all those kind of pieces. 
but that I could get off on the fact that I was fucking mean and getting up and, and enjoying the thing. And so that's mm -hmm. been a really beautiful journey for me as I, you know, I still am a pro dominatrix as well as all the other things that I do, but it's like, I'm very specific about the clients that I take and the protocols and the rules around that and that I will not do anything for me. I will not dom unless there's something arousing for me in it. And so okay. it's a very interesting change of things. It's like, you know, if a client's like, hey, I really want you to do this thing. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't get me off. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no. And that's really interesting that you're saying that because in the end, <clears throat> when I was like sort of, you know, I, I, because I was so detached from myself and I was so unhappy and everything, I actually started to feel like I was prostituting myself when I was doing the things that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it wasn't a sexual prostitution, it was an energy prostitution. Mm -hmm. I was giving away my energy and not getting anything back in return. And I yeah. like selling my soul, you yeah. know, and doing something. So it's really interesting that you say that. And, and I can understand why you do that. Yeah. And so now it's like, for me, it's like, you know, you either fit into one of these three categories. You either come see me from a holistic sexual wellness perspective, you come see me as a BDSM wellness, which means that there's goals and expectations and homework and all sorts of fuck shit needs to happen. Or you mm -hmm. come see me as a pro dom where I'm very selective about the clients that I take and the acts that I do are the things that turn me on and arouse mm -hmm. me. And, and mm -hmm. it's, there's something really liberating about the fact that, you know, I get off and mm -hmm. I actually have work. I, my clients don't get to have orgasms, but I have orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on my personal life, I found the balance in that so that in my personal life, the really deep sexual exploration, I have my own personal harem. So I have mm -hmm. my own personal submissives, my own personal lovers that mm -hmm. I can fully release. There are no boundaries. There are no rules about lines in the sand, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you've developed a relationship with. Otherwise, um, I would be burnt out. Otherwise, if I didn't, for me, that's how I've created the balance for me. Yeah. If I didn't have my, my private personal life of exploration, I wouldn't be able to show up in the world and for the world and for my clients and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And anytime that's what happened to me. Yeah. I burnt out. Yeah. I burnt out. All my energy was just going out, going out, going out. And so much energy being held of being this person that I'm, that I'm really not. And then not honoring the person that I really am. Um, and, and then at the end, you're just like, well, who's, who's the submissive here? You know, the client tells me what time to show up. What do you want me to wear? What do you want me to do? And then I come in and I have to do this list of things. And, and I'm not allowing myself to be turned on or to get off on it. So it's like, well, you know, who's, who's topping who here? <laughs> right? Very, very so yeah, so I, and I, and exactly what happened. I burned out. Burnt yeah. out. I, I had my first uh, burnout, completely overwhelmed, stressed out, depressed. I gave the keys to one of the mistresses um, that uh, had just a few months ago started working with me. I gave her the leash to my slave, the leash to my dog, and the keys to my dungeon. <laughs> and I said, I hope you will take care of these uh, most important things in my life. I got to go. Mm -hmm. And I left. And I, I left for, for three weeks um, to Florida. I slept for three days. Um, and, and then wondered what the hell is wrong with me? You know, I have everything that a woman wants in a sense, when you think about it, you know, when you look at it from the outside, I get all the trips, all the shoes, all the clothes I get, you know, I have a whole bunch of men who do whatever they want for me. Um, I'm a fucking pro dog, <laughs> you know, what else does a woman want? And it's like, all of, all I wanted was Veronica inside. It was just like, I just want a bit of attention, you know, mm -hmm. what is me in here? And, uh, and it took me a couple of years to figure that out. So kudos to you for, 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 you know, seeing that and honoring that and, and showing up for yourself in that practice. Well, thank you for honoring that. And so tell us where you're at now. So this was going, so what did you shift? So you, you retired and what did you do? Like you shifted gears to, to give mm -hmm. space for Veronica. 
Yeah. So I retired as a pro dom and, and I kept a few of, it's just funny when you're saying that I was thinking, I was like, Oh, you're right. You know, like I did keep a handful of clients that I enjoyed, you know, I, I got off on the stuff that we were doing, you know what I mean? Um, um, so I kept a few clients on the side and I wouldn't advertise and I didn't take anybody new, but some of my old regulars, I kept seeing every now and then. And, um, and then I started working in events. Uh, and that's when I started working with Mondose and, um, and I, and I went down to being Miss V. So I dropped the mistress, dropped the Venetia, um, went down to Miss V and that was like the starting, that was like the beginning of the discovery of Veronica, but I wasn't quite Veronica yet, you know? So it was just like, I was just V. And, um, so I, the first thing that really did that major shift was, uh, my practice of meditation. So when I came back from the burnout, I went and spoke with a friend and I was like, man, I'm just so lost right now. You know, I don't know who I am. I'm so unhappy. I have, I've never made more money in my life. I have all these things and I'm, I'm just so miserable and I hate myself, you know? Uh-huh. And um, so he recommended meditation. I had never meditated in my life. Um, he gave me a cassette tape tells you how old I am <laughs> and, um, and it was a 30 minute meditation on each side. And I'd listened uh, to it a total of three times. So 90 minute total meditation. And he told me about um, Vipassana and uh, which is a 10 day silent meditation retreat where you meditate 10 hours a day for 10 days in complete silence, no music, no writing, no reading, no phone, no sex, no meat, no sugar, obviously no drugs, no smoking. So like nothing, <laughs> you, yourself, your spirit and your mind, uh, and a little bit of vegetables here and there and that's it <laughs> for 10 days. Okay. So, so kudos to you for surviving that. Fucking, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, people Ooh. keep, people keep asking me, they're like, are you going to go? I'm like, nope, nope. I don't need that in my journey. <laughs> mm. So right on. Thank you. And and with 90 minutes of meditation experience in my life, 90 minutes and I go for 10 full days. Nothing like extreme. Go big or go home. I'm an extremist all the way. (laughs) Go hard or go home. (laughs) Yeah, that was probably one of the most intense uh, things I've ever done in my life, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, So so that was a big kickstarter. For sure, a kick in the face as well as a Kickstarter, um, and um, and that was when I really saw myself, and I understood. That's when I really saw Veronica in the middle of this this I call it a dragon egg, you know, because the shell was so thick, it was like rock, you know, it was like layers and layers and layers and layers of protection. Every time I had been hurt, every time I, you know, um, had been disrespected, all the abuse, all the times I didn't show up for myself, all the times I allowed myself to break my own boundaries, you know, all those were these layers of rock that had been put on top of me. And I, and I saw that in my meditation. Um, and it was the first time I felt compassion for myself, you know, of just like, oh man, I see you. Like I saw me for once for the first time ever, you know? And that's when I was like, okay, like we got work to do, you know? And that's where I really began the work. And that's when I dropped Venetia and, and started to come back to myself. And through the events, um, Mondoze is like a sexual liber, um, uh, libertin. Um, you know, it's not a swinger party. So no, no exchange would happen during the parties, but we called it a meet, greet and grope. you know so it's where you meet the the other people and then you can you know you can kind of grope around and stuff but if you want to you know go and have fun and play go to Laraj or go home or go to a hotel or whatever you know so nothing really happened during the parties but it was a good place to meet it was a safe place Mm -hmm. Um, and it was very important for us we were very much on women's safety where they would be able to come in a g-string and pasties um, and there would not be one man that would touch her harass her you know, slap her on the ass, like you'd be immediately expelled, banned from our place, you know, and we had little security guards and we had clients that we'd give little badges to um, that were like trusted friends or trusted clients that we'd give like a little patrol 
badge too, you know, and if they saw something that wasn't right or someone that wasn't, that was being harassed or being disrespected, they would like pull out their little badge and say, hey, you know, like this is, this is not cool here. Um, so it was really a safe place, safe place for women. And that was the first time I really experienced that, um, that kind of openness, that kind of freedom, that kind of, um, of open sensuality in a safe, respected place where, where, you know, the woman was honored in a different way. You know, the way I was being honored as a dominatrix was through force. It was like, you will respect me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't, it didn't come naturally in a sense. It was like, well, I'm Ms. V, you want to be, in, you, I'm Ms. Mistress Venetia, you want to be in my life? These are the rules. This is how you do it. If you don't do it this way, screw off. You know what I mean? It's my way or the highway. Yeah. Whereas in this, we didn't have to demand it. It was offered to us. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really interesting. And that um, allowed Venetia to kind of slow her roll and kind of like relax a little bit into it and deflate the ego. Um, and the producer's interest in me of working with him was my background in fetish. So he did want me to bring that aspect. But again, I brought it um, from an aspect of vanillas, you know, newbies, people who yeah. don't know what fetish and BDSM are, we call them vanillas. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was, so I was bringing it from a very soft, very delicate, very nurturing, very educational, uh, informative aspect. Um, so my role was Ms. V, uh, mistress of ceremonies. I would, um, introduce the, um, the artists that would come up and do performances on stage. And I would hold this, we always had like a little fetish area where we would introduce little things. So I always had latex gloves. I would introduce latex and the touch and why latex, you know, it's not clothes. Latex is a fetish, you know, um, it's the touch and the feel. And once I had a, a vacuum bed to give people um, the experience of, of being under a full sheet of latex um, and, and sensorial play and, um, and all of those things and very light floggings and, and little things like that. So I would introduce it in that aspect. And I really love that because that took me away from that pedestal, brought me down with the people and, um, and allowed me to bring it in an educational way, which I really loved. And then I was able to tap into and allow myself to explore uh, for me as well. And, um, and then, so I did, I did the event um, and held that space for about another, uh, about another six years um, that I did that. And then, um, and then I had a falling out with uh, my business partner. We split ways. It was, it was his business that I came into. So I, I uh, split off and, um, and I ended up oddly enough marrying a uh, super vanilla boy. <laughs> and, and I think it was because I was just coming out of the, of the dungeon at that point And I was just kind of sick of it. You know, yeah. I had it's too much. And, and, and again, I needed to refine myself. So, um, so it was nice to have someone that, that wasn't in love with mistress Venetia, that wasn't in love with that persona that actually liked me for me. And yeah. I didn't have to perform, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the fetish and the BDSM is a part of me. You know, yeah. I wasn't just, I was playing a role, Mistress Venetia, but those, there's, there's kinks that were interesting to me that I really enjoyed. And I wanted to discover that part of me for me. And mm-hmm. I couldn't do that with my husband because he wasn't into it. You know, yeah. he was like, he tried and he was like, yeah, it's just not really my thing. So, so then again, I was like denying an aspect of myself. And I was in this vanilla relationship um, that I wasn't content because I wasn't honoring all, um, the layers of myself. So it's kind of been a story of my life, sadly, in a way of just like really not honoring, um, really not really honoring myself. One, I think number one, because I didn't really know, you know, I didn't allow myself to kind of discover. Um, and two, because it was just like, a, I was just like a victim of circumstance in a sense, you know, I ended up with this vanilla boy who was amazing, beautiful man who really took uh, care of me, but who just wasn't into discovering that sexual aspect. Then I tried opening up and having other partners and, um, but it just wasn't the same, you know, like I wasn't, I didn't allow myself to really open up and to really discover. So it, it's honestly only been really like lately 
since I'm um, single again, uh, separated from um, from my partner, that I'm I'm really tapping into and discovering what do I want, you know, what do I want as a woman, as a goddess, as a sexual being, you know, and rediscovering that power that has been kind of seeping out and really wanting to come out, but hasn't really like exploded yet, you know? Um, Beautiful. So tell us what you do now. So now, so after the event, you do um, stuff with leather, do you not? I do, yeah, exactly, yes, yes, exactly. So that's it. After the events, uh, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And, and my husband at the time, he had started the leather company and doing leather accessories. And I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, with my life. I was a bit in a midlife crisis. And he just took the tools and he was like, take these. You're an artist, create. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. And we had a fetish party coming up. So I was like, oh, I'll make myself a little harness, you know, for the fetish party. And then got a compliment on it. Oh, where'd you get that from? I made it. Oh, can you make me one? Okay. And then it just kind of like organically started that way. And I just started making harnesses and I had a couple of extra. I threw them on Etsy. They sold. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then someone invited me, said, oh, I see you do harnesses. They invited me to do an event and sell my stuff at, at one of the fetish events. So I started like that. And then it just like, all of a sudden I turned around and I'm like, holy shit, I have a business. (laughs) It just kind of organically happened. You know, I didn't plan this. Um, So all of a sudden I have this, this uh, business of of creating harnesses and, um, and through, once I started doing the. Okay. um, So describe a harness because so, so people have an idea of what we're talking about here. So when you say harness, what kind of a harness? Strap on harness? What kind of harness? mm -hmm. So we're talking about, so originally the first product was uh, leather straps that just kind of wrap around your body. Um, they were mainly women focused because I don't have a degree in, in design and, and, you know, making stuff. I just kind of did everything, learned everything on the fly. So everything was kind of sized on me. Um, so I had started with doing like a bralette, you know, like nice little strap that kind of accentuates the breast, kind of like a bra, but with no cups. Um, and then I got into doing things for the legs. So I did a little belt with like a little leg uh, strap that goes around the legs. And then I started to, as I got better with the things, and I started to develop more models, and then I started to do things for men. Um, and they're, they're, you know, mainly, I guess my original market was very niche and for the BDSM crowd. Uh, so something you would wear over um, your latex catsuit, you know, to give it a little bit of a contrast, something you would wear with lingerie, you know, to have that lace and leather um, kind of look. Um, And then things that were more for play. So choker with an O-ring, leash, um, got into doing cuffs as well, um, got into doing strap-on harnesses. um, So things that were a little bit more play-oriented. And then after about three years, um, of realizing that the, the, you know, the leather is very uh, focused with the BDSM fetish crowd. And I wanted to open up to the more vanillas again, to the, the, the people that the leather was just a little bit too hard. Um, and then I started doing the elastic body straps. So this was like, you get the kind of same kind of look, same kind of aspect as the leather harnesses, but with the soft satin elastic that's a little bit daintier that you can wear um, just to accentuate your lingerie as well. Like I could wear under the shirt, for example, and just have straps that kind of poke out from the shirt. So wanting to bring it to a more mainstream and show that you can wear it with clothes, not just mm-hmm. for the bedroom, um, and bring it more into the fashion world. Um, and, um, and we really succeeded at doing that. People really received, um, our uh, elastic body strap line really well. And, and we started to introduce that to the people who had didn't even know what a harness was and had never even um, been introduced to that or seen it or, you know, I had a few people who, who came to the booth and be like, well, I've never seen a harness in real life, you know, like it was a unicorn or something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it was great. Like I got to, you know, put this on, on their bodies and find the right piece for them and, and, and see them, you know, just like, Oh wow. Like feel this confidence in them. And, um, and then we got to the point of um, sizing where we would have, you know, rounder, more voluptuous, big breasted women who would come by and, 
and want to get fitted. And I'd be like, oh, I could make it custom for you. You know, we make everything ourselves. We can make it custom. And they'd be like, yeah, that's what everybody else says too. And then walk away. And the first time someone said that to me, I was like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like I totally put myself in her shoes and I was like, of course, like, no, we got to make stuff for everyone. Like everybody and everybody is accepted and welcomed. And then, yes. And that, and that, you know, I just want, it's so important as somebody who has huge breasts, (laughs) um, I can't buy anything anywhere. Like everything I have that, you know, like my corsets, they were custom Mm -hmm. made for me. All of my stuff has to be custom made because, because otherwise it doesn't fit right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right. It doesn't, you know, you all of a sudden you don't feel sexy because it's not, it's like, it's cutting in for you. It's not made for your body shape, you know? So kudos Mm -hmm. for, and I just want to take a moment just to like, as a woman who has more voluptuous curves, thank you for taking the time to include us in the process of being able to buy stuff that makes us feel sexy. Absolutely. And, and that's when the shift really happened with Star Creations. Because when we started to do that, then I really realized what I was doing, that we were more than just harnesses. We were about boosting confidence. That's the business I was in, was bringing the confidence back to women, uh, having women um, regain their, their, not just their confidence, but their power and, and reclaim their bodies and Mm -hmm. honor their bodies with all their curves and all their stars and their stretch marks and all the beautiful imperfections that make them unique, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, cause when, when we started doing that and then I would see the women walk by the booth and be like, Oh, that's for the skinny bitches, you know? And I'd be like, no, 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 I got you come in here. Like I can fit you, you know? And they'd be like, you can't fit me. And I remember this, this woman, she was a big girl. Oh man, she her her thighs were like really round and big booty and big hips and just giant boobs. And I was like, I don't know if we can fit her, but we're gonna try, you know, like I really want to. And I and then she was looking at some pieces and I'm like, okay, I got the piece for you. So we we pulled it out and we brought it around her and we opened up our, our sliders to make it, you know, wider, brought it around her and it fitter and I was so proud I'm like yes like we got this you know and she was blown away she was like this has never happened in my life I've never been to a place where someone can fit me it's Mm -hmm. always custom always and she looked at herself in the mirror and she grew man her chest opened up she grew two inches looked at herself and was like I look good like yes you know and and that was just such a, a blessing moment for me um, and that's really when we realized what we were about and, and we really started working on that. And, you know, that's, I'm really pushing my mission now out about that and, and wanting to be as diverse as we can. And, and one thing that we realized, like I've always thought about myself as being a super um, diverse and, and, and accepting. And with this whole Black Lives Matter movement, I realized that, you know, we haven't been as inclusive as, um, as I know that I want to be you know? Um, so we've really been pushing out our mission and, and speaking up about it because it's like in my mind, this is what we're about, but people don't really see it. So we've been, um, making a point of looking for, um, diverse models, not just in body size, but, um, ethnicity, uh, color, um, disabilities as well. You know what I mean? Like, well, I want to welcome everybody for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we've gotten just so much uh, beautiful comments from people and so much support um, and photographers wanting to work with us for free just because they're just like, wow, like, yes, I believe in this movement. I want to be part of this um, and, uh, and working with us. And that's been such a great honor for me. And um, that's really um, really kept me going, you know, where it's not just about the product. It's about what we do with the product. It's about how the product makes you feel, you know, that's really what we want to, uh, to promote. And, um, and I'm honored to be, to be doing this work. So how can people, uh, find you? Um, so our website is starcreations.ca. Um, where we do most of our promotions is on our Instagram, also, uh, star creations underscore CA. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. Same thing, star creations, um, dot CA. Um, and, uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we do some, some fun videos and we have some of our star inspirers. Um, I don't like to say influencer because we don't want to influence people 
um, we want to inspire people. So, um, so for us, they're called Star Inspirers. And uh, they've done some little videos to talk about um, their either um, struggle with weight or struggle with loving their body after having children. Um, and what they, that little tips and, and, and tricks that they've done to, um, to really own their bodies the way they are at this moment. Um, so that's a really fun place to, uh, to go check out and, and get some fun, um, fun visuals as well. Beautiful. Yeah. So what's the one, okay. Uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is looking at becoming a pro dunk? homework do your homework read books um what is it uh screw the war the roses give me the thorns um i'll double check that and, and let you know great book um find someone who isn't just in it for the money or or um to beat men you know so many women unfortunately have are coming from abuse and hatred and it's a way to kind of get back at guys it's not you know that's dangerous um, stay away from that. It's dangerous. Yeah. Stay away from yeah. that, you know? So do your homework, look at, um, there's tons of documentaries out there and really good films about it and tons of books, you know? So do your homework, just read up on it. And, and, and anatomy is a huge part of that as well. You know, you hit somebody wrong on the spine or on the kidneys, you can damage them. So, so know what you're doing before you start doing, um, before you start doing it and find yourself someone, um, to well, I mean, for me, my practice buddy was a pillow. When I started flogging and bull whipping, especially pillow, <laughs> you know, get your aim right before you start doing it on someone. Find the right tools. Start slow. You know, it's not about pain. It's not about bringing it to the max. It's about slowly bringing it upwards. So find the right um, the right percussion tools that are soft and that you can't damage someone with to start. And then work your way up. Take your time. Beautiful. My, mm. I, I support that 100%. My advice to anybody who wants to become a pro dom is figure out what it is and why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So dig deep into yourself. What are you going to get out of this experience? Why do you want this? And what are your limits and really know what those limits are within yourself so that you don't end up in a situation in a scenario where you hate who you are, where you feel shame because of what you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. that this is needs to, that you can move into it from a place of sexual liberation and sexual freedom and sexual awakening, not from a place of shame, guilt, and self-loathing that can happen and being re-victimized and abused and all these things that can happen. So really before you could, you know, like you said, do all of your homework so that you're safe, but also mm -hmm. look internally into what is your motivator behind you wanting to do this mm -hmm. and, and set your what, boundaries and set your boundaries and stick by your boundaries. No matter what, no matter how much someone offers you, mm -hmm. do not cross your boundaries. Cause once you cross mm -hmm. them, you have a lot Going of back. healing. You can't go back and you got to do a lot of fucking healing within yourself to clear that shit out. <laughs> Yeah, it takes just it takes just one second to break your boundaries, but it can take years of work to fix that damage. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what would you what would be your one piece of advice for uh, somebody who's looking to hire a pro dominatrix? Uh, almost the same thing, you know. Do your homework. Like it's hard to get references sometimes for for dominatrix, but um, but you can find some out there, you know, and see how much years of experience they have. Um, look at their, 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 um, surroundings, you know, what do they do? Do are they doing any educational work? Um, are they, you know, someone who, who's doing, uh, erotic massage as well as dominatrix probably doesn't really know what they're doing BDSM wise, not all the time, but sometimes they just kind of like see it as another avenue, you know, and it's, it's, they're coming from an aspect of doing erotic massages, not from BDSM. Um, so again, just do your homework, do your research, know what it is that you're looking for, that you want, and, and don't be afraid to ask that, you know, ask for, um, 
for their experience for, you know, just like when you're hiring someone for a job, you ask their CV, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also agree. And then the second piece that I would add to that would be listen to your intuition, listen to Mm -hmm. your gut, right? Listen to your gut. Does this person not, don't listen to your genitals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your genitals (laughs) will lie to you. Okay. But listen to your intuition that says this is a good fit for me or not a good fit for me. Number one, number two, um, do your research. Like you said, very important. V's totally right. Research, 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 and look at their experience level. Mm-hmm. Do they know what they're fucking talking about? Because mm-hmm. be, let's be honest, you're going to let some random stranger tie you up and do crazy ass shit to you that you do not know, that you mm-hmm. do not trust. You know, make sure that you ask all the questions, that you establish that there's a rapport of a trust factor before you let some stranger tie you up. And I think that's an important piece is that I know that when we when we drop into the arousal response of that, that's hot, that's fucking sexy, that's that's a huge turn on that I'm like totally powerless. And and particularly for men, you don't feel powerless very often. So that's a very powerful aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. But it's still not a smart plan to let some stranger tie you up mm-hmm. that you don't know who they are or what their skill sets are. <laughs> or same. Set your boundaries ahead of time too. Yep. You know, it's not the time to think about your your safe word or or what your boundaries are when you're tied up in the middle of a session. You yep. know, know your boundaries before you meet and and share them. Let them know. Like, listen, this is a no go for me. You know, humiliation, I'm not into. Let them know. This I'm into, you know, and, and like, just be clear about what it is that you need and why you're doing this. Why are you searching for this? You know, what's, what's your need? Are you just looking to get off or is there something that comes from somewhere and that you want to discover and have that open, honest communication, open, honest communication. And if you can't, and if you can't have that open, honest communication, then there's something, there's something off about that dumb because Mm -hmm. a good dom wants to know all of those information that it's just as important for the dom as it is for you that they know all of the whys all the pieces all the hard limits all the things so that no one does any harm so if they're not asking those questions they're not allowing you space to do that then they're not a good i wouldn't i would highly avoid it Mm-hmm. Just yep. like we talked about, such boundaries, such because once something fucking happens, you can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, what's one thing that you would have told yourself? What you know now, and you would have told the younger version of yourself that would have made a world of difference for you. Honor yourself no matter what. You know, I feel like I, I so often um, just showed up for others and really didn't show up for myself. And, and that, I think, is, is my biggest regret, in a sense, of, of not uh, showing up for myself, not honoring my own boundaries, you know, not taking the time to discover what my boundaries are, to set them, to voice them, to respect them. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would have told myself is that enjoy being a sadist. You will, you will, you have all the skills and all the tools at your disposal that will prevent you from being a sociopath. (laughs) So have more fun, hit more people. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a hard time with that one. I was a sadist. Oh, with with masochists, of course, only with masochists. But when I found a true masochist, ooh man, I just yeah. love that shit. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, V, for being on. You know, my orgasmic life. Um, all of so the ways is that you can spend time with her will be in the show notes. Um, and um, you know, for all of the listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. I know this was an extra long show than we normally have, but you know, we, we, we got into conversations and this was a good one. So, um, so you can, you know, watch it and listen it in, in your own time frame. <laughs>
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for being here. All right. So all the things, here we go. Spend more time with me. You can see me at succulentliving.com for all your BDSM and wellness needs. You can visit me at empressgaia.com. Please follow me on social media under Gaia Morissette and Succulent Living, as well as Empress Gaia. And for all of your um, podcasting needs, uh, hello, listen to me at My Orgasmic Life, which can be found on all of your podcasting platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple, uh, as well as we have our own app that you can download from the Google Play Store so that you can have with me anywhere you are. Wherever your phone is, you can be like, I need a guy a moment. <laughs> All right. Till next time, dig deep, love yourself, and be uh, sexually liberated and free. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.